Hello and welcome to another installment of Unranked with Logan Kelleher. I am your host. I'll be talking to you for the next 40 or so minutes about college football. And I doubt you guys want much of a, you know, intro. So we're going to get right into it. There was a lot of action over the week and some games that really shook up the rankings. I'm going to talk about some of the games that happened, though, you know, before the weekend officially started. Those were, you know, Tuesday, there was a Sunbelt matchup between Appalachian State and Arkansas State, and Appalachian State handled Arkansas State 35-9. Remaining in the Sunbelt Thursday, Georgia Southern beat Texas State in a very close game, 15-13. Texas Tech beat TCU 17-14. And then on Friday, the first game I'm going to get into, undefeated South Florida, who just entered the rankings for the first time this past week, uh, were in a tough, tough matchup with Tulsa, which was surprising. One and four going into this game. And for a while, it looked like Tulsa was going to win the game. You know, it took a 24 to 10 lead by the end of the third quarter, but it was the fourth quarter that Blake Barnett showed he wasn't going to back down from this test. The Alabama transfer went to Arizona State, finally found a home in South Florida, and the Bulls have been treating him nicely. In the the fourth quarter, it was two rushing touchdowns from him, showing his grit and determination to win the game, made it 22 to 24 with a missed, or with, with them not getting either uh, extra point or conversion. And then it was Weiss making a field goal from 22 yards with five seconds to go to win the game for USF. And USF holds holds off Tulsa, hopes that they would upset South Florida and win the game. But Kobe Weiss eliminates that, that hope. And South Florida, the first ranked team to win over the the course of the weekend, the second team was Florida, and they were in trouble at the beginning of the game. They were playing Vanderbilt, who is at the bottom of that SEC East division. Florida at the top were three and one, tied with Kentucky for second behind Georgia, who was four and zero. But over the course of the weekend, Georgia would lose. So Florida, after win against LSU, that probably shocked a few people. Probably if you're a Florida fan, you probably thought that at the beginning and then you just were able to prove people wrong when they told you that, you know, Florida wasn't going to beat else to you. So if you're a Florida fan, you got to shove it in some Louisiana natives faces that, Hey, my team's better than yours. Anyway, Vanderbilt was playing Florida and I think Florida might've been a little cocky going into this game, uh, going into the second quarter the six forty eight Mark Vanderbilt, Goes up 21 to 3 uh, with a touchdown run from their running back, Jamari Wakefield. So it's 21 to 3. Vanderbilt in good shape to win this game. But that's when Florida's coaching staff really stuck it to them, stuck it to the players, said, Hey, look, we're not going to lose this game. You guys are playing too good over the course of this season. You have too much at stake. You're trying to get 
to an equal playing field with Georgia so you can possibly win the division. So, you know, let's let's go and win this game. LaMichael Pirine got the message, ran seven yards for a touchdown. And then shortly after, it was a field goal made for Florida by their kicker, Evan McPherson. He made one from 25 yards to end the half. So it was 21-13. And then in the third quarter, not much of anything. There was, it was just one touchdown from Florida, Felipe Franks. Completed a touchdown pass to his wide receiver, Van Jefferson, making it 20 to 21 and closing that gap, which was at one point in the game, a 18 point lead for Vanderbilt decimated to a one point lead. Then in the fourth quarter, immediately started off with Jordan Scarlett running 48 yards for a touchdown. Evan McPherson makes the extra point, makes it 27 to 21 in flavor, favor in flavor. <laughs> I'm clearly hungry uh, in favor of Florida. And then for Vanderbilt, it was their kicker getting his shot at a field goal, a 42 yarder was made by Riley Gway. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, took my best shot at it, though. That's what you got to do. Uh, he made a field goal, made it 27 to 24. Uh, he'd make one more field goal from 53. First one from 52, second one from 53. So showing off his range. But before that could happen, uh, it would not be 27 to 27. It would be 34 to 27 due to Felipe Franks throwing his second touchdown pass of the game. This one going to his going to Freddie Swain for for Swain's only catch of the game, an eleven yard touchdown. That made it thirty four to twenty seven, and then one more field goal by Evan McPherson with minute or minute twenty four. They they winded down the clock to forty two seconds. McPherson made a field goal, and Florida gets the win. They were in tough shape against Vanderbilt, but they were able to pull it off in the end. They advanced to 6-1, and one, and as I mentioned, with Georgia's loss, they are now tied for first in the East, so congratulations to them. Second game I want to get to, it was number three Ohio State playing host to the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and Minnesota, going into this game, they were 3-2, three and, three and two. yeah, 3-2, and two. they have... They had two straight losses to Maryland and Iowa. Uh, they were dominated by Maryland, 42-13 to 13 in that one. And then Iowa, they were a little bit closer, but it was 48-31. to 31. This one could have gone in Minnesota's favor at the beginning of the game. Could have been an upset over number three Ohio State, but it would not end up that way. For Ohio State, it was a different kicker than what they're used to. Used to. They're used to Sean Nuremberger coming in and kicking field goals. And for this game, it was a different kicker. It was Blake Hobiel, a sophomore kicker, getting his first uh, playing action in this one. And they would put him to use over the course of the game. It was him starting off the game with a 21-yard field goal. And then Minnesota... Uh, Mohamed Ibrahim ran for a one-yard touchdown. 
And then later in the quarter, Dwayne Haskins completed a 41-yard touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin to go up 10-7. But Ibrahim would run for another touchdown, making it 14-10. And again, Haskins would answer. This time a touchdown pass to K.J. Hill. And that made it 17-14. And the half closed out with that score. In the third quarter, not much of anything. A very quiet quarter. Uh, Minnesota is still very much in the game, and they would be still after this after the field goal from Habiel from 47 yards made it 20 to 14, and just a few too many turnovers for Zach Anik said for Minnesota was really what did it for him. Fourth quarter, Habiel made another field goal from 27, and then Dwayne Haskins completed another touchdown pass to KJ Hill. This one from 27 yards out, so Haskins continuing to dominate. 33 of 44 for 412 yards, three touchdowns, you know, and he, he really had to do, do all that to, to just get away with this one. It was a 16 point win, but for the long, for three quarters, it was clear that Minnesota was playing very good football against a very good team and they had a shot at winning. It was just, like I said, too many mistakes from Zach Anikstead and the whole team weren't able to do it. Mohamed Ibrahim really helped out 157 yards on the ground, 23 carries, two touchdowns, seven yards of carry, which was complete a complete reversal of what Ohio State was doing. Uh, Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins, 51 and 35 yards for each of them on 13 and 10 carries. So neither of them, neither of them had over four yards of carry. Mike Weber was right at that point, but just showed that Ohio State needs to rely on their passing game to win games. And that's something I want to talk about. Something my friend told me I should talk about on the podcast is that Ohio State has been, you know, really struggling this year. And I don't know, whoever listened to this, I don't know what your team is, whether it's Clemson or Georgia or Alabama or whoever it may be. Ohio State is a team that, you know, if you're not from Ohio, you usually don't like them because they're the ones that always get away with the win they shouldn't have, like TCU earlier this year. You know, TCU for the longest time was in shape to win that game. Ohio State came back and won the game uh, against Penn State. Penn State at two separate times were up more than 10 points. Uh, So Penn State should have got away with that win, but Ohio State, you know, did what they do. They win games in the ugliest, <laughs> ugliest way possible. And, uh, and then against Indiana for the longest time, Indiana was in the game. They could have, they really could have won that game, but it was Ohio state. Ohio state is a good finisher. They can finish games. They close out games. They're really well conditioned. Uh, they pull away a lot, but it's just that slow start that could really kill them. You know, when they, if they go to the college football playoff, which is very likely, the last they or Ohio State plays Iowa, who blew them out last year. Um, they play Michigan, who has been playing really great football. Michigan's in the top ten now. Uh, actually, they were yeah they're in the top ten after winning us Wisconsin, actually blowing out Wisconsin. So it's clear, like it has been in years past, that. Ohio State and the East are are uh, going to dominate that division. But 
just like I like I was saying, Ohio State doesn't get off to good start. Sorry, sorry for that. <laughs> um. Oh, I oh gosh, Ohio State when they play these teams in the college football playoff. That's what I was talking about. Finally got it back. <laughs> All right. When they play these teams in the college football playoff, like Alabama, like Georgia, possibly LSU, possibly Michigan, if these teams get off to good starts, it's going to be bad for Ohio State because unlike these teams are playing now, like Minnesota, like Indiana, like you know Penn State, Penn State's defense is good. But you know these other SEC teams, these ACC teams possibly – uh, Big Twelve, maybe. Uh, they're they've got Texas still. West Virginia fell this week. Oklahoma is still in the mix. Um, but you know these teams, Big Twelve not so much, ACC not so much. But when they play an SEC team that is good offensively, can get off on a roll offensively, and then hold you on defense, they're gonna get blown out, and they're not gonna have a shot. And that's that goes. Um, with uh, the offensive line play of Ohio State, Ohio State has not had the ground game that Urban Myers wanted for him. And it's evident under 100 yards rushing this past game against Minnesota in a game where they should have had, you know, Weber and Dobbins each get at least, you know, 75 yards and maybe a touchdown between each of them. Um, they just can't do that because their offensive line is struggling. And I've I've been watching them, so I know a little bit more about Ohio State than other teams because I watch Ohio State a little bit more just because they're on TV more around me. Anyway, and they just, against Penn State, against Indiana, they just, they can't, their offensive line is what's holding them back, I think. It's a quote that I've wanted to, you know, talk about and say for a while, but, you know, I haven't had the platform to. I've just been talking to my friends and been talking to myself <laughs> as, uh, as much of a loser as that makes me sound like I'm talking to myself and talking to other people thinking to myself um, that Ohio state is an offensive line away from being a serious title contender. They have a great quarterback who's blown, blown past my expectations for him. I thought he'd end the season with 25 touchdowns, 28 touchdowns. Now I thought he'd end the season with that. I didn't think he'd have that through the first half of the season. He's still got, you know, five games left in the season most likely a Big Ten championship, most likely a college football playoff. That's going to be two more games. So most likely this Ohio State team, Ohio State team is going to play 15 games. So that's eight more games for Dwayne Haskins to continuously put up these high passing numbers. But that's just what Ohio State needs. They need a ground attack if they are going to be the team that they want to be, that they set out to be, that they need to be to, to better themselves. And their their great defensive end, who unfortunately was injured, may miss the rest of the season, may come back. Just depends on his uh, his recovery time and how long it takes him to get back to a to a playable state. He said that this team undoubtedly should be a championship contender, if not win the championship. And for that reason. You know, it's just, it's just like I said, they're an offensive line away from being a serious contender. And that's all I'll talk about for OSU. I went on a tangent, but I'm back on the scoreboard summary. Another team that got upset was Auburn. Auburn played Tennessee this week. 
And for the beginning part of the game, it looked like it was going to go to Auburn. looked like they were taking care of business. 10-3, to three, uh, they were able to jump out in the first quarter. But the second quarter is when Tennessee started to uh, – they didn't necessarily come back at this point. They just, you know, matched what Auburn was doing. They were able to make it 17-13 to 13 by halftime. Third quarter was all Tennessee – uh, touchdown pass for Garantano. May pronounce his name wrong. Um, but then it was a sack fumble and recovery for a touchdown for Tennessee that made it 27 to 17. So Tennessee in control. They made a field goal, 30 to 17. And then uh, too little, too late for Auburn. They, they got another touchdown, but it was 24 to 30 at that point, And Tennessee held on for the win. So Auburn falls to four and three, two straight losses, another loss against LSU earlier in the season, but Auburn struggling and now out of the rankings completely after, after being in the top 10 and, you know, they, they got a tough go at it. They got a series of games. They play, they play LSU still, they play Auburn or no, they already played LSU. I'm sorry. They play, they play Georgia. And they play Alabama for the remaining for the remainder of the season. And both these games are on the road for for sorry for Auburn. And it's just going to be tough for them. But we'll see if they can turn it around and knock off some of these giants that have been uh, easily going through the. SEC and the whole world of college football at the same time. And, and the next game I'm going to talk about, Notre Dame barely got away from Pittsburgh. Uh, it was Pittsburgh holding Notre Dame's ground attack. Uh, Dexter Williams, who in the past two games uh, had over 300 yards over the course of two games, was held to 31. Uh, Ian Book was tied for the lead in rushing with 31 yards and Ian book two interceptions as opposed to, I'm mean, Pittsburgh didn't do much offensively, but their defense was what was able to keep them in the game. And it wasn't until the fourth quarter when Ian book completed a touchdown pass to his receiver, miles Boykin, the senior wide receiver uh, for his first touchdown. It wasn't until then which was which was in the fourth quarter, 549 left. It wasn't until then that Notre Dame was able to take the lead. So the number five team in the nation struggling, but able to pull it off. That's all for that game. The next game, it was Georgia against LSU, and they were in Louisiana. And LSU, there's not much to talk about this game besides the fact that LSU just dominated this game. Uh, 16 nothing by halftime. Uh, three field goals by from Cole Tracy gave them the lead. And then Georgia in the third quarter got a field goal and a touchdown without an extra point, or they went for two, did not get it. So it's nine to 19, another field goal for Tracy in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, it was two touchdowns, rushing touchdown from Joe Burrow, who had two in the game each from a yard out, and then Brosette for a four-yard touchdown was an, a, another field goal from LSU. 
uh, pulled them ahead. They won the game 36 to 16 against the number two team in the nation. And previously 13, LSU jumped right back into that top five after this game, Georgia falling to eight. And they proved me wrong. I thought that Georgia would win this game. I thought they were going to play good football. I I said that they were going to play a more complete game. And, you know, it was just Jake Fromm had two interceptions. Uh, they just weren't able to do enough. And LSU proved me wrong. I mean, Joe Burrow, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He managed the game at quarterback. But, again, his heart and determination was – what was needed to win the game, and they pulled it off. Moving down the line, uh, undefeated um, from the American Athletic Conference, UCF, uh, barely holds on for a win against Memphis, and this game uh, could have gone to Memphis. They were up 30-17 to at halftime, and UCF just closed out the game and ended up winning the game. It was Mackenzie Milton running in for the go-ahead touchdown with 12-22 left in the fourth. Neither team was able to do anything after that, and UCF continues to win. They're still at 10th. The uh, AP poll and the people who do the rankings did not think they should have moved up, which, you know, they barely got away from a, from a, you know, uh, what's now a four and three Memphis team was three and three. They barely got away from them. So we'll see what they do the rest of the season, but for now they stay the same. Going on next to another game that I put my two cents into, uh, Washington and, and Oregon, which I put my two cents in as a reference to me putting in my opinion, but I should have bet on this game because Oregon pulled off the upset. They uh, won in overtime. It was Washington's kicker getting iced uh it was an effective strategy for Oregon's head coach um, calling his last two timeouts to mess with the kicker. Kicker got off the two field goals before the timeouts were called, missed the first one, made the second one. But then the third one, which was which was the one that mattered, uh, he missed. So went into overtime and it was C.J. Verdell running in for his second touchdown of the game. He had 111 yards. Herbert, 200 yards through the air, two touchdowns. Um and Oregon pulls away with the victory. Uh, Jake Browning, uh, 60% completions. Uh, one interception, one touchdown. Uh, it was Salvan Ahmed, two touchdowns for Washington. And Oregon was able to pull off the win. And what that looks like in the Pac-12 now, Washington loses and Stanford won. Uh, Washington State and Oregon now just one or a half game back, I believe, of Washington. Uh, three-way tie, Stanford, Washington State, and Oregon are all two and one. Washington's three and one. So Oregon back in the uh, picture to win the North and see what the rest of the season looks like for each of these two teams. But for now, Oregon can, can uh, claim their victory over Washington. Uh, Texas holds off Baylor in a game that was too close for comfort. Sam Ellinger left the game. Shane Buchel came in for him. Keontae Ingram had a good game on the ground, 110 yards, and they outlasted Baylor. It was 
uh, Texas from the beginning. It was a good second quarter. They uh, they scored scored twenty points in the second quarter. They would not score the rest of the game. Baylor had a touchdown in the third quarter, but it was not enough. And Texas is actually first in the Big Twelve now after West Virginia lost. Um, so we'll see if they can continue to win in the rankings. Now they are seventh. They jumped up two spots going on the list. Penn state upset by Michigan state. It was a touchdown pass from Brian Lewerke to Felton Davis, the third. Felton Davis had two touchdowns on eight catches for 100 yards, and Michigan State beats Penn State. Uh, Penn State falls to 18, and Michigan State jumps in the rankings again. They've been jumping in and out for a while now, but maybe they'll maybe they'll keep winning and keep that spot. Alabama won 39 to 10. They they handled Missouri uh, to attack Veloa um, was. Out of the game for a while, for a little bit, he uh, was having troubles with his with his knee. Um, but 12-22, 265, three touchdowns. Again, more than 20 yards per completion is just insane looking at these stats and looking at what he's doing. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 115 yards, seven of eight completions. It's just showing they're too good. They deserve that number one spot, and it doesn't look like they're going to lose it for a – very long while. Uh, Miami, Miami, Florida has handled their second loss of the season uh, over Virginia. Malik Rozier came back or came back into the game. Nikosi Perry threw two interceptions. Malik Rozier threw threw an interception himself, ran for a touchdown. But Virginia with Bryce Perkins and Jordan Ellis. Handled the game. Bryce Perkins, though, three interceptions. It was a very low-scoring game, 16-13. to 13. And uh, it was just Virginia controlled the game. They're up 13-6 to six going into the fourth quarter. Made a field goal, and then their defense just held. Malik Rozier ran in for a touchdown with 3-13 left. But Virginia held on, and, and they won. So uh, Miami previously ranked 16th. Uh, is now out of the rankings entirely. And for Virginia, they're not ranked either. In the ACC, Miami is now second, uh, tied with Virginia. So, and Pittsburgh as well. So those three teams tied one game behind Virginia Tech, who's 3-0 in the Coastal Division. In the Atlantic Division, it's Clemson and NC State, who are both undefeated. So one team will fall in that game. And that game, that game is next week. Uh, both teams, both teams, I believe had by bye weeks this week. So we'll see which team is more well-rested and who's going to pull off the victory. If it's going to be Clemson, who's number three, or if it's going to be NC state, who is 16th. Now we'll see what happens there. Going, going, going down some more into the later action. Uh, Michigan handles Wisconsin, thirty-eight to thirteen. 
it was it was Michigan all game. No scoring in the first quarter, but 13-7 to at the end of the second. Higdon ran for a touchdown for Michigan. Pryor, Kendrick Pryor ran for a touchdown for Wisconsin. And then it was two field goals uh, for Michigan's kicker. Uh, Quinn Norton made two field goals from 42 and 33 yards. Third, third quarter, Shea Patterson ran for a touchdown. Um, and they they convert on the two point conversion, making it twenty one to seven. And then the fourth quarter, it was Quinn Norton making a thirty five yard field goal. Hornerbrook intercepted, returned for a touchdown. McCaffrey ran for a touchdown, making it thirty eight to seven. And then Hornerbrook threw a touchdown pass, but too little, too late. Two point conversion attempt, and closed out the game thirty eight to thirteen. It was a solid ground attack for Michigan, and Jim Harbaugh has a uh, ground attack or uh, dual threat quarterback for the first time in a while. They've had a few guys that just stand in the pocket and uh, get passes that way, but they they have a good running back, good quarterback, and they move up from number twelve all the way up to number six. And for Wisconsin, they fell to twenty three, so. Wisconsin, their second loss after getting upset by BYU early in the season. Michigan, 6-0 and since that loss to Notre Dame at the beginning of the season. And it's going to be interesting for the rest of the season. See if uh, see what happens in the Ohio State-Michigan game. Uh, West Virginia loses to Ohio State. The Heisman contender Will Greer, 11-15 for 100 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, didn't have much luck on the ground. McCoy and Petaway, 85 combined yards. Will Greer sacked a bunch in the game, had negative 33 yards rushing. So not a lot offensively for West Virginia. And Brock Purdy has another good game. His second start, 254 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. And then David Montgomery, Iowa State's running back, 189 yards on this West Virginia defense and knocking off another good team. They knocked off Oklahoma state prior to that game and played Oklahoma only lost by 10 and Ohio or Iowa state. They are two and two in the conference now in the, the big 12. So they're, they're tied for fifth Um, and West Virginia Falls, so they're now in second at three and one in the conference to Texas, who's four and zero. So we'll see if they bounce back. Oklahoma and Texas Tech uh, tie for third at two and one. Um, so a few teams that are still in it, but just gotta wait and see what the rest of the season holds for these two teams. Last game I want to get to: Colorado, the only undefeated team in the Pac-12 remaining, lost to USC. Uh, JT Daniels was needed in this game to pass or to throw the ball. No ground attack at all. Le- leading rusher, Aka Cedric Ware, had 23 yards. Um, Daniels, 272 yards, three touchdowns through the air, two interceptions. But it was enough to beat Colorado, who had three rushing touchdowns. And Monte- Steven Montez, their quarterback, 11 touchdowns on the season, didn't throw one this game. Through an interception, and it was USC 
he was able to hold out and beat the 19th ranked Colorado Buffaloes. Colorado now out of the rankings entirely. Uh, that opened up a spot for Washington State to join the rankings. It's just a random tangent. But that that was all the action of ranked teams. Um, if you follow an unranked team and I didn't get to them, I'm sorry. Uh, there's a few dominating efforts. Uh, UAB beat Rice 42-0. Um, Iowa. Iowa beat Indiana 42-16. So Iowa at 5-1 and one is now 19th in the rankings. And that's what I'll get to now. Uh, how the rankings look now, Alabama's still at 1. And that's followed by Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame, who all moved up one due to Georgia's loss. LSU moved up to five. Michigan moves up to six, which are two of the biggest jumps. Um, each team playing well in their games. LSU upsetting Georgia. Michigan blowing out Wisconsin proved the uh, proved the rankers that they belong. Texas moves up to seven, uh, the highest-ranked Big 12 team. Georgia falls to eight, six spots. Oklahoma... Uh, jumps over UCF to number nine, UCF at 10. Florida and Oregon, after their victories today, Florida struggled against Vanderbilt, but they still move up to 11. Oregon moves up five to number 12. West Virginia falls down seven to number 13. Uh, Kentucky, who had a bye week, moves up four. It's always good when you uh, can move up in the rankings without doing anything. Uh, Washington falls eight to number 15. Uh, NC State and Texas A&M each move up to 16 and 17. Uh, Texas A&M beating South Carolina. NC State having a bye week. They just moved up due to other teams losing. Penn State falls down 10 spots to 18, which was the biggest jump in college football this week. Iowa moves up into the rankings at number 19. Uh, Cincinnati and South Florida at 20 and 21. Cincinnati moves past South Florida after South Florida struggled. Cincinnati at 20. They had a bye week. They played this week against Tulsa, who just gave South Florida trouble. So we'll see if Tulsa can pull off the upset over a ranked team this week. Um, but then it's Mississippi State at 22. Wisconsin falls to 23 after their big loss to Michigan. And then Michigan State jumps back into the rankings. They've been hopping in and out over the course of the season. Uh, we'll see if they can stay there. And then Washington State. Uh, who has one of the best quarterbacks in the nation and Gardner Minshew uh, jumps in, into the rankings for the first time. And I don't want to uh, spend too much time on some of the performers of the week. Um, I do top passer, top rusher, top receiver, but it's just going to change into a few guys who, you know, had um, significant victories in their games or had a had a big part in their team's wins. Um, so, sorry for that little break. Um, some of the Some of the players that did some stuff this past week. Uh, 
Um, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to, don't think I'm really going to get to that. Um, looking at, uh, looking at instead some of the guys that are, uh, shaping out to win the Heisman this year. There is one, one obvious candidate and that is Tua Tagovailoa. Um, he's obviously the number one spot quarterback for Alabama. He has been completing over 70% of his passes, 21 touchdowns to no interceptions, just dominating football. In second place, and what I agree with, is Dwayne Haskins, who um, for the first time for a Buckeyes quarterback threw for 400 yards in back-to-back games, which was, as mentioned, something that he needs to do to just win games because they don't have a ground attack. Um, 2,000 yards on the season. He passed that with the 400 yards. He was at 1,900, so he's going to pass it regardless, really, this week. Um, 28 touchdowns to four interceptions. So I agree with that. I think I think it's him and Tua Tagovailoa. If uh, Tua drops off for some reason, I really doubt it. But if he does, I think Haskins will get it. I don't think anybody will really have a shot at moving past him. Uh, third place would be Kyler Murray, and that's that's a given. He's been playing really well, um, scoring a lot of points this year, and he's been a contributor to a lot of those scores. Um, first running back in the conversation is Travis Etienne, uh, ATN. Um, 761 yards, 11 touchdowns. Uh, 9.2 yards per carry. He's really, really proving that he is a great back. And I, I agree with that. <clears throat> he's been having in these games that they've been struggling to win. He's been, he's been proving that he's the guy that's going to help them win games when they're struggling against Syracuse. Uh, they had to put in chase Bryce. He was able to run all over Syracuse's defense and was able to help them pull off that victory. Um, so that so that he is he does belong in there. Probably won't win it. I think there's too many good quarterbacks this year. Um, and then some other guys. Will Greer still in it? Jonathan Taylor still in it? Uh, Daryl Henderson, running back from Memphis, passed a thousand yards this year, um, which is just insane. He's already eclipsed 170 rushing yards five times this season. And he's he's uh he's getting ten yards a carry uh and he's playing great football for Memphis. They almost got they almost got the victory over UCF, but they just didn't do enough. And so that that uh, wraps up last week in football. So as I do with most or all my episodes prior, I'm gonna do a little prediction of this next week in college football starts off on a Thursday uh, game to watch would be Stanford and Arizona state. Uh, Arizona state uh, has been struggling uh, Stanford trying to prove that they belong in, in the uh, top spot in, in the, in the pack 12. Uh, we'll see if they can, they can handle Arizona state. 
And then there's some Friday action, Colorado State playing Boise State in Idaho, and then Air Force playing UNLV. Um, and on Saturday, it's Cincinnati playing Temple. I might have said Tulsa earlier. Got that wrong. It's Temple, and Temple is favored in that game. So we'll see if Cincinnati can, uh, after bye week, win their seventh game of the season or if Temple can upset them. Um, Iowa and Maryland play each other as well at 12. Um, Maryland playing playing decent football. Um, Iowa trying to trying to win win that division in the Big Ten. They're favored in this game by 12.5 points. Uh, Wisconsin plays Illinois, so that may be a bounce bounce back game for them. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State, uh, the first game on here, which is also at 12 on Fox. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State in a battle of Michigan that we'll see if Michigan State can upset another team, another top 10 team, or we'll see if Michigan can just keep producing. I, you know, I think Michigan's going to win this game. I don't think Michigan State will be able to do enough to have a shot at winning this game. So I think Michigan pulls off the win again. Uh, Oklahoma uh, travels to play TCU. TCU has been struggling. Um, Oklahoma has been struggling on defense, but I think that Kyler Murray's going to have a good day against this TCU defense and Oklahoma's going to come away with that victory. Um, moving on, uh, Colorado who fell out of the rankings was the only undefeated team in the PAC 12 play Washington. Uh, Washington's favored in this game by 15 points. And I think they will get the victory, but that's a, that's a game that I think um, that I think that people should watch. It's a three thirty game on Fox, and I think I think Colorado will be in the game for a while. I'll just see if they can pull off the upset, and then probably probably the game of the week. I don't think there are any other games that are even going to touch this one regarding importance for the rest of the season and playoff contention. NC State travels to play Clemson. Battle between number 16 and number three. Uh, Clemson's favored by 16 points, but I think that's a little too much. I, I think North Carolina State is going to gonna give them some problems. And I think, you know, Clemson struggled against Syracuse. And I think North Carolina State is a better team than Syracuse. So I think I'm just going to just gonna go for gold and predict this one as uh, the upset of the week. I think North Carolina State pulls it off. Uh, Penn State plays Indiana on the road in Indiana. Um, Penn State's favored in that one, uh, but that's a 3:30 game on ABC. We'll see if Penn State bounce back. Uh, Alabama on the road against Tennessee. Tennessee just beat Auburn, but I think Alabama handles them again. UCF on the road at East Carolina. I think that's a gimme for UCF. Uh, LSU has a game against Mississippi State. Um, I think LSU keeps winning. I think Mississippi State poses no problems for them. Uh, South Florida at home against Connecticut. I think Connecticut Connecticut will not do as much as Tulsa did, and South Florida pulls off with a significant victory. Um, that's one that that one is at seven on CBS Sports Network. Then on Fox at seven thirty is Oregon traveling to play Washington State. Uh, I think this is a 
close game as well. The line is only one. Uh, it's uh, minus one point five. Uh, favor favoring Oregon. I think it will be close. I think Washington State and Gardner Minshew will uh, throw for you know probably 300, 400 even yards. Uh, you know, a couple touchdowns. I think it's a high scoring game. Uh, Oregon pulls it off though. I think. Um, we got Ohio State traveling to play Purdue. And like I said, we'll just see if Ohio State can finally close out a game and uh, or start off a game on fire and then close it out on fire. We'll see if they can finally do that against Purdue. Um, last game, uh, Vanderbilt and Kentucky. Kentucky had a bye week. They're 14th. Um, and Vanderbilt just gave Florida trouble. So we'll see if Kentucky is... Uh, in better shape than Florida, and if they can get out with that solid ground attack with Terry Wilson, the quarterback, and Benny Snell, the great running back, we'll see if they can hop out to an early lead. Um, that's that's going to do it. That's all for what I got. Um, I hope you guys watch college football this weekend. I hope you tune in for at least one game. There's not as many, uh, you know, there's not as many, um, oh, geez, uh, games open for upsets, but we'll see if the world of college football gives it to them. We'll see if the college football gods want to, want to give us some episodes. Um, so that's all. And I will see you guys next week with another episode. This one's coming out on Monday. Um, I had stuff to do yesterday and it's, it just suits me better to report record on a Monday. So that's probably what I'm going to do. I know it's Two days after um, Saturday, but I hope some of you are still looking for uh, some college football analysis and dialogue. But as I mentioned, that's it for me. So thank you for tuning in for another episode, and I hope you'll listen to me again next week when I talk to you for another 45 minutes. That's all. So I will see you guys and talk to you guys next week. Bye.